Welcome to the K-Hole. People are dying. My name's Ashley Brandt. And this is Brooke Marine. And the, we're back. We're back. What a long hiatus, but I think everybody needed it. Oh, yeah. I agree. And it's it really seemed like the family was staying out of the spotlight, too. We talked about potentially doing another episode in between if anything happened, and nothing happened. Yeah, literally nothing happened. I mean, even in the first episode of this season, nothing happened, which is why we waited until now. Because there's really not much, there hasn't been much to talk about. And I think that's healthy for everyone. Definitely. And they had to set up a pretty big episode for this past week, uh, covering the days and the hours leading up to the robbery in Paris. Yes. Um, But I guess before we jump in, we got to discuss some IRL news. Like we said, there hasn't been much. I mean, lately... They've all been at Tony Robbins events, which I really don't understand. They mm-hmm. they go there. They've been snapping it. By them, I mean Kim, Courtney, Kendall, I think Harry, Chloe. Yep. And they all go to these co- Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins? Tony Robinson. I don't even know. I think I haven't Tony seen Robbins, the, but... I haven't seen... <laughs> well, okay. I have... Obviously, I think Kim is really going through some stuff because, like, she's been snapping right. all the books that she's been reading. Um, oh yeah, she's a little really dark. into the shack, really into some other books about like death and spirituality, some Tony Robbins books, and then they went to the Tony Robbins like extravaganza for like twelve hours the other day, and then I think they went back for like around two. Like they were literally there for twelve hours, and I don't know what you do with that sort of thing for twelve hours. Like, do you get to take breaks? Do you get to pee? Do you get to eat? Like, there was a lot of jumping. There was a lot of physical activity. There was a lot of people. It's basically my personal hell. I think. I mean, it seems pretty, pretty wild. I don't want to go to that. I, I don't want to be Absolutely around that. not. No. I would regret that the moment I arrived. Absolutely. But, I mean, I think that's what's been going on with Kim. So, not much. She's just been reading a lot, which I'm always here for. I've been trying to read more, too, so I feel it. Yeah. Um, there was also um, a recent tragedy in the family where... Um, the son of one one of Kanye's cousins who does work for the Good Music label um, died tragically at the age of one. Kim and Kanye were uh, papped at the funeral, which I think was kind of in poor taste on the part of the paparazzi. Um, yeah, for sure. Not a good look. Obviously, our thoughts go out to the family, um, you know, as they deal with that tragedy. Um, at the Grammys, one of Kanye's collaborators also mentioned that as Kanye was recovering, his memory was coming back, um, indicating that he seemed to have suffered some kind of memory loss um, around the time of his hospitalization in the winter. Obviously, you know, we wish him the best uh, in his continued recovery. Um, But that's about it for big family stuff. Yeah, I mean... The only other thing I can think of is it's clear that Rob and China aren't together anymore. I think we can all say thank G. Um, they went to go see The Shack, that movie that <laughs> Octavia Butler is in. <laughs> Sorry, um, Octavia Spencer. Oh, my God. Octavia Butler is <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> is, a, is a writer, was a writer, whatever. Um, yeah. Not bad to confuse the two. I mean, they're both amazing women. I'm just saying... I can't believe she was in that movie, and they all went to go see it with Caitlyn, which is... Yeah, first Caitlyn spotting with the family in quite a while. 
Um, have you seen the, the trailer for The Shack? Yes, because when I – this was back in, like, December. I went to go see Fences. I went to go see um, – I think even when I went to see La La Land. Like, uh, like, and I'm saying that to say, like, many different types of movies that I went to go see, they all showed promos for The Shack. That's really and weird. Isn't that weird? And, like, I didn't understand – who they thought the I guess they don't understand who they didn't know who they thought the yeah. audience would be. Um I feel like I saw the shack when I was rewatching Unreal. I was like on a treadmill rewatching Unreal on Hulu and I got a trailer for the shack and I was so upset because that movie to be frank looks bad. Yes, I did not want I that was it made me really upset that I saw the trailer multiple times because yes. it's clearly like some Christian allegory or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It I'm looks like it should be a it. TV movie. It didn't need to be in theaters, but you know what? If it got the family back together, I guess that's something. Sure. Speaking of getting back together, we're going to do a really quick We're just going to we're honestly we're just going to gloss over this first episode. I don't want to spend too much time on it because it was boring as hell. That's the first thing. So bad. Okay, but it did have a great, like, teaser at the beginning for the rest of the mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. And I it think... It really did. Yeah. And, like, we were talking about last season how they were going to have to kind of open up about the more private aspects of their life, like, um, like, Caitlin's transition and stuff like that. But it seems like they're setting up this season to be more about their relationship with fame, which I'm very interested in. Oh, I'm so fascinated. I think this is, like, the season that people are going to be theorizing about 15 years from now. Oh, I completely And I say that so seriously. No, I'm I'm so hyped because this is going to be, I think, it seems like it's going to be kind of a dark look at the mechanisms of fame because we've got Kendall Stalker coming up. We have a break-in at Kylie's house. We have the aftermath of the robbery, which we're going to talk about more. Um, More Caitlyn drama because there's always Caitlyn drama, but this is what I'm really interested in, and I think this is what we have the most fun talking about on this podcast. Absolutely, and I hope it's what people find the most interesting to listen to as well. Um, I mean... If you're coming here to listen to this, I'm assuming you don't just want us to tell you what happened in the episode because you could just watch it. So, um, but that being said, this first episode, Time to Dash, which is cute, cute episode title, um, considering the fact that the, the main plot is that Kim and Chloe are really trying to get Courtney to just shut down Dash. <laughs> They're like, just shut it down. And it makes so much sense that, mm-hmm. you know, they should, I mean, they had a good run. Dash has been around for about 10 years. It was great in the beginning. Fun mm-hmm. shenanigans at the store. But yes. who shops at Dash? They don't even own Dash products. Like, they all have their own e-commerce. Kylie has her shop. You know, mm-hmm. Kim has her shop. They all have merch. And then they have St. Pablo Tour merch, which they all were wearing nothing but the St. Pablo oh Tour my merch God, collection this entire time. <laughs> and I loved it. It honestly made me – I've always wanted some. I just don't – I'm just – I can't afford it. Oh, no, absolutely not. I have I have the R.I.P. Robert Kardashian, R.I.P. Donald West shirt, and that was a splurge for me. I just, so, I actually, Kylie's shop has some things that are cute, like the, the little, um, like, 
emoji of Chris. Yes. And her glasses say 10%. That's – come on. That's yes. clever. And, and I really want that. The lighters are always cute, mm-hmm. little accessories. And when they're talking about, like, how they would theoretically redo Dash, what they're talking about is basically replacing it all with Kylie merch. Yeah, they just want to do sportswear, which is what Kylie – that's what Kylie wears. It's like – I've never seen so many champion hoodies. Oh, my God. I know. I was so surprised. <laughs> I'm so mad, though, because the thing about Champion, and I guess this is just from them, like, collabing with Supreme and, like, I don't know, other brands in the last few years, is, like, I used to wear that shit hardcore in middle school Mm -hmm. and high school because I had, I guess, no sense of style and I still don't really, but that was what I wore. And I basically looked like Normcore Jenner, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like. With my Converse and my jeans and my Champion hoodie. Yeah. And, like, I'm looking back at it. I'm looking back at this time in my life or even the Gap I used to wear a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, Basics. Reasonably priced Basics was my jam. And I was definitely not cool at all. And now I'm mad because those people are trying so hard I, to yeah. wear for these looks. It's like I'm not going to wear – I'm not going to wear a Champion hoodie now because it's so – too on trend exactly you know? exactly and especially after you've like purged all of those clothes out of your wardrobe there's something about like bringing them back in that feels uncomfortable at least to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's their vision for dash in a world where they theoretically keep dash but kim has a great idea which is to just sell dash to a large department store they don't say what it is um, and then put a little dash in each one of those. And that sounds great because this is a relic of the earlier stages of their fame. And while I would love for them to go back to Miami and like have another fun season, like doing whatever and getting pregnant in Miami, they're not going to do that. Absolutely. I say stick it in Nordstrom right next to Good American and you're yes. fine. You know what I mean? Like it's a sinking ship. Absolutely. Courtney really wants to keep it though. I don't know know. why, because Courtney doesn't do much, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, she – when I think of Dash, I honestly think of Chloe. Yes. No, I totally agree. I really think of – I like, my brain goes Chloe Kardashian. Does not go to Kim. Does not go to Court. Chloe. And if Chloe says it's time to shut it down, it's time to shut it down. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, did Dash Dolls ever get renewed for another season? I don't think so. No. No. <laughs> um, and speaking of Chloe, so I guess one other little small plot that was like kind of cute, I guess, was that they were talking about how they don't like to tell Kim anything because she likes mm-hmm. to know everyone's business. And, and I so related so much. Oh, I related very hard when when Kim was trying to find out all of the tea. <laughs> And none of them were giving it to her. That's that's me. Um, and yeah, so Chloe doesn't want to tell Kim about Tristan. She's like been in Cleveland. She's been buying all these extra, you know, merch and all this stuff. And they're and Kim's like, "What's going on? Who's your boy? Mm-hmm. Why do you have hickeys? Mm-hmm. Who gives hickeys?" <laughs> Great question. Great questions. Investigator Kim was on it. Okay, I love Detective Kim Kardashian West. <laughs> I love, but. You know, it's kind of boring. I guess they're just introducing Tristan as a character, which is okay. I just... Yeah, it's been a minute since we've had, um, like, a Chloe boyfriend character. We had French for a while, 
We completely skipped over James Harden. No appearances from him on the show. (laughs) So, I don't know. Bring in some fresh meat. He does get introduced to Kanye at the end of the episode. Kanye could not care less about being introduced to Tristan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's when... Those are the moments when I relate to Kanye. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. So many times when I have to meet someone's, like you know, significant other that I know they're only going to be with for, like, three months, yes. and I'm like, okay, nice to meet you. Like, it's nice to meet you, but I really, I'm not going to invest Oh, yeah, I'm not absorbing to know you as a friend. Yeah, I'm not absorbing you. He's just you like, oh, yeah, another group. NBA player. I see what what's mm-hmm. happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what, didn't Kim say something like, nothing goes better together like Chloe and an NBA player, or something like something that? Like maybe that. it was Courtney. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, you know, speaking of Courtney... She also has a small plot, which is that she doesn't really want to hang out with Scott a lot. And he's trying to give her distance, but it clearly pains him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I want to hang out with my friends without him. Yeah. He doesn't have to be involved. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I get yeah. that. But they, they co-parent together fine. The problem is seemingly other people. It feels a little forced, but, you know, we got some Jonathan. We got some Simon. Oh, yeah. I was a fan. You got some Steph. <laughs> I love that for Steph's birthday, she went out to dinner with her employer. I know. I was thinking about thinking that. about that, and I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, I really... Like, it really seems like Steph is part of, like, the family and, like, the group, but at the same time, like, she's on Kim's payroll. Yeah. I don't know. She works for them. Yeah. That's like and a... that's how she spent... That's a power imbalance. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I this is why I don't understand, and I try so hard to understand fame and celebrities because it's like, what, like, what kind of friendship is that really? Mm-hmm. What kind of relationship is that really? Like, there's a clear power. Exactly. Imbalance. Like when Chloe, I could never be so comfortable. Exactly. Exactly. And like when Chloe is trying to get more tickets for the Yeezy show, she calls her assistant and has her assistant call Steph. And when Kim's like, "Why didn't you just go through me?" Chloe was like, oh, I thought I'd have the assistants deal with each other. Which is like... Yeah, that's... Weird. Like, I guess that's what you pay them for. Your sister's in the next room. I don't know. This is weird. <laughs> I agree. It's um, it's strange, but Courtney and Scott do a great job of co-parenting. I think, I think they're very good at it. Yeah. Their relationship has always been weird. I think it's going to continue to be weird. It doesn't look like they're getting back together. And that's fine. I would love to see more of Courtney hanging out with Jonathan and Simon. I would love to see Simon more than Jonathan, TBH, but I'll take what I can get. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love to see Courtney having fun. She can be silly. Yeah. It's Aries season. Isn't her birthday in a couple weeks? Oh, her birthday is so soon. (laughs) See, I'm not... And for me to bring... that's, That's usually not... I'm usually not the one who brings up the astrology, but I have to say, like, I'm so glad Pisces season is over. I really looked yes. into it, and this was a this was a long, long Pisces season. I just want to say shit hit the fan at the beginning, and at the end, I felt very emotionally drained from all of it. So, like... Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so ready for it to be over. I don't know what Aries season's, season is brings i'm not familiar all i know is that taurus season is after and i know that i'm an earth sign and i can't wait to be grounded in the month of may but for the month of april i i don't know what what to expect oh it's gonna be great i think you're gonna thrive (laughs) 
Oh, Aries really? Is all about well, Aries is a fire sign, but it's all about like ambition and like like doing stuff and like being active. Oh, my God, that's so crazy! Because if only I could share with the world the plans that I have just set in motion as of like the last forty-eight hours, the end of Pisces season. I didn't even realize. Girl, I know. I know. Uh, I do want to mention, though, Chloe does reveal that Tristan is a Pisces. And as a Cancer, she's going to love that. She's going to love nurturing his emotional Pisces self. I don't like Pisces. Can I say that? (laughs) No, you can say that. I feel exactly the same. It was too emotional. This month was too emotional. I don't like that. I don't like oh that. my god i know my mom my mom is such a pisces and she was thriving she was just like talk to me like let's let's talk about your emotions and afterward i was like oh that was such an embarrassing month of my life um i feel really embarrassed after this month for sure yeah <laughs> um jonathan's also a pisces and simon is a scorpio this was just some stuff i looked looked up while that episode was playing in the background because it was real boring all the storylines wrapped up in about one scene because they were just like, Courtney, I guess I see your point about keeping Dash. And, oh, yeah, you probably should invite Scott to the concert. That was the resolution of those plots. Oh, lines. the concert was cute. Oh, Kanye what? swole. I didn't yes. realize. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, he had, he had some muscles. Good for him because he was real dad bod for, like, a couple years. He really was. We have not seen him in fitted clothes for several minutes like a decade i know (laughs) i missed the red suit that was such a look iconic Uh, it also made me uh nostalgic for the the life of pablo tour allegedly kanye's still gonna finish it this upcoming summer that was a rumor i heard a couple months ago i don't believe that i don't either but if he did i would go again honestly it's a great time no, it looks it looks wild. It looks wild, crazy, and fun. It looks like a Tony Robbins event. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> they look the same. Oh, can someone please do a side by side visual comparison, like oh, shot for shot of a Tony Robbins event <laughs> and a Kanye Life of Pablo tour oh concert? Like, oh, I need it. Just realized what I'm gonna be doing tomorrow on my lunch break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this was a very like light episode, very fun in Miami, kind of setting up the mood for what happens in Paris in the next episode. Right. And I think as boring as it was, when I'm thinking about you know the next I don't know 12 episodes or whatever, however many there will be in this season or this half of the season, um, I think they needed that sort of. They needed to be eased in because Mm -hmm. when I looked at the way that this second episode about Paris was produced, it, it's like, before we jump into it, like, I just want to say that episode to me, like, stands alone as its own piece of history in a weird way. I agree. It was so separate and edited very differently than any of the episodes that they've ever had Mm -hmm. even about other serious stuff that's happened in their lives they have never they have never you know produced an episode in this way i don't think i mean i you know maybe i'm forgetting something but i think it was fascinating It, it was almost like a mixed media it really was piece like i i like can't wait to dissect it and 
and analyze because I don't know. I was like, this is what I watch TV for. Yes. This is why I watch this yes. show. This is why I follow this family. Yeah. You know? It was it was so gripping because it starts with that um, that text that describes what happened the night of the robbery. Mm-hmm. 2.30 a.m., Kim Kardashian was robbed at gunpoint in her Paris apartment. And then it cuts to a week before. Um, and there's all of this, like, excitement about Fashion Week. And I think there's very much the sense that, like, the family has arrived. Like, Kim feels very comfortable in Paris. She feels very comfortable at the Balmain fitting. She feels very comfortable at the Givenchy show. Like, she's with her husband. She has her mom there. She has Courtney there. It's It very much feels like something that they have been trying to attain for years and years. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the intriguing part of the beginning of the, of the episode for me, too, is like, so it starts, like you said, with that black screen white text you know like on october 3rd at 2 30 a.m kim you know whatever was robbed um and then they cut to b-roll of just new york city totally silent except for like you know city sounds whatever like cars and you know bustling city but like pretty quiet no like you know jingle punks copyright free music no no music no sounds Mm -hmm. just sort of like you know a silent you know cars going back and forth whatever um and they have a few shots of like the outdoors and then they cut to um paparazzi you know outside of their new york apartment their i guess tribeca whatever um you know cameras flashing kim kim are you okay are you okay kim kim it was so like it it looked like i don't even know what the word is that i'm looking for it felt like i was watching documentary like that was when i was like oh i'm watching a documentary right yes. now like i'm not watching a scripted reality series and so from for them to cut from that sort of documentarian style or documentary style of filmmaking i mm-hmm. guess to this um you know like you said very typical like they slowly you know get we're like we're ready we're going to the fitting i'm super excited for paris like i'm ready to go i'm ready to see kendall walk courtney's gonna go mm-hmm. courtney's trying on a tux which i have to say like is her best look always. Absolutely. I love Kourtney Kardashian in a suit. She looks great. Um, You know, and Kourtney being like, I don't really, I don't really dress up, but I, you know, I'm doing this for my family while I'm here, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, this is, clearly they had been planning to shoot this episode as this is it. This is the family finally arriving. Like you said, like we're arrived, we're important. People respect us. This is the level of fame that we've been trying to achieve since the late nineties. And so for that, you know, so that's clearly that I think that's showing like their intentions with this episode. Mm -hmm. And then once the robbery happens, it's like, wow. Cause they already had some footage from Kanye's personal videographer. I think he had already been planning to probably include them in Paris as part of his documentary for a long time. And why wouldn't he, mm-hmm. you know, like, Cause he, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> he does fly out to basically just pick out Kim's outfits. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I get so scared to ask a designer for what I want. And I think that's her being like maybe slightly insecure in, yes. in her position, you know, mm-hmm. um, as a celebrity and Kanye is just bullheaded and arrogant and will go in and say, no, she needs to wear this and that and whatever. And this is what we want. Yes. And for whatever reason that works for the two of them. Yeah. I think, I think she likes being sort of like fussed over in that way by him. 
But he's there for just a hot minute before he goes back on on tour in New York. And he's yeah, gone by the time the Givenchy show starts. Right. And the show starts. And I remember when that happened, my friend was at that concert. And she was covering it for, um, like, for work. She was covering it. And she texted me, like, hey, Kanye just left. He played, like, two or three songs. And he just left and said that there's a family emergency. And I remember being so confused and like uh you know what's going on like did something happen with the kids did something happen with you know yeah kanye's dad who lives in oklahoma that's what i thought it was i honestly thought maybe it was his dad or something and that like he just was gonna i don't know i didn't think it was as serious as it was i didn't know what to expect Mm -hmm. i thought it was weird but not so out of it's so i I mean he's already we know to expect crazy shit from Kanye. So I was like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, well, whatever. He's just being Kanye. Yeah. Um, but he's a very dedicated performer. Until right. kind of things started to crumble, I really don't think, like, stopping a show was in his nature. I agree. Um, yeah, so, he, you know, he had already, like I said, before the robbery and during his show he had his videographer team his video team present and like they shoot on i don't know tape i guess vhs it's very grainy and old media Mm -hmm. whatever um so that was interspersed with the footage from the keeping up with the kardashians documentary crew um Mm -hmm. so i think i think that was like very interesting especially to see someone who is so dedicated to just following Kanye whereas Kanye I think definitely does not want to be the star of keeping up with the Kardashians when he's in a scene he's not he's really not conscious of the cameras like obviously you're supposed to quote-unquote behave as though the cameras aren't there but he's not doing a three-quarter turn to the cameras he's not doing anything for the benefit of the cameras when he's on camera for keeping up with the Kardashians right um yeah that's very true and so that happens and then the robbery happens and and i I, they cut to kim coming home to new york in the elevator and and it's interesting when they well when when they 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 cut to basically those like similar scenes to like the very opening with like the outside with the paparazzi Mm -hmm. asking you know kim kim chris chris and um they arrive and she goes in and this is a few days after the robbery it's not immediately after right and i'm very glad that they didn't show her immediately after like the day after or whatever because i was so worried watching this that it was going to feel exploitative of her trauma in some way Mm -hmm. and i thought like oh shit they are going to show her like going to talk to the police about what happened Mm -hmm. and all this stuff and i was like i don't think that it's appropriate to share that to share that footage if they have right um i agree thankfully they didn't they just cut to them you know within a week later showing up i think it was like i think it was maybe even just 24 hours later i think that was like right after she arrived in new york because they stayed until early morning in paris to talk to the police and then immediately flew to new york because that was like I if you notice there's a scene she she gets into the elevator and they switch from the videographer camera mm-hmm. perspective to the keeping up perspective it it was like a really I don't know interesting mm-hmm. editing there 
and talking about how she just wants to see her kids and she doesn't want to act different around them because mm-hmm. she doesn't want them to be scared. Um, and I – One thing – That was – Yeah, one thing that really know. struck me about Kim throughout this whole episode, but particularly in that moment, was just how poised and composed mm-hmm. she she was the entire time. Mm-hmm. I noticed that too because I thought that she was going to be like totally – emotionally fragile and i know that she was when the experience when she had that experience mm-hmm. however like it's crazy to say it but this is someone who is so media trained and so aware of what her image to the Absolutely. public will look like that there's no way she wanted us to see her being vulnerable mm-hmm. she doesn't want us to know what that's like because then she might feel and i'm just theorizing here but i'm assuming that she then might feel like easily targeted right if there was you know footage of her being emotional and upset within the day after being robbed and not just footage of her being emotional talking about it in retrospect then it's gonna look you know like i said one maybe exploitative Mm -hmm. and two i don't think she just she wants to control her image and that's what her job is yeah and and that's what her whole life is about leading up to the release of this episode she actually i believe it was on twitter tweeted about why she decided not to do an interview why she decided to just tell her story through the show and i originally really thought she was going to do the primetime interview because that's mm-hmm. that's the chosen because that's what you yeah, do that's the chosen that's mechanism the, for that's getting your big news works. out um but what she said makes a lot of sense because as executive producer, she has so much editorial and creative control over the show. She really has final say. Um, she's going to be able to change the edit if she wants to. And so this was a way for her to control this narrative about something that happened to her that was completely out of her control. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, then, you know, we get some footage of North and it's very cute. Actually, I was noticing um, that little, like, outfit Saint was wearing, and he was, like, holding onto the coffee table and kind of, like, spitting up a little bit. Those were the photos that were released Mm -hmm. when she was coming back to social media, the photos of, like, her with the family. Mm -hmm. And it's... I never would have thought that that, those photos were taken so soon after the the robbery. Me neither. I noticed that, too. I was like, those are the photos and uh, the little, like, video that Kanye made for Kim... uh, for her b-day i guess was that for her birthday i think it was yeah something like that something like that where it was and it was you know the jeremiah song and they they at the end of the episode they show clips from that as Mm -hmm. well but no i would not have guessed that that was the exact same i wouldn't have guessed that that was at all within the same time frame i thought that when she was sharing those photos they were from like the last few weeks yeah months later not like months later not from i don't know the day after that she was you know really her reuniting with her kids for the first time after that experience Mm -hmm. and so for her to be sharing those moments with us is very interesting because it's almost like at this point she's saying listen i still trust you like i'm still going to share yeah. intimate moments but i'm just gonna share them months later when i have full creative and editorial control mm-hmm. over how they are presented mm-hmm. um and she did which is like you know yeah and she did talk about um snapping snapping was like a big part of 
this episode as she got ready. There were clips from her snapshot at the fittings, um, getting ready. There was a lot of snapping in the previous episode too, but it was mostly like Courtney, I think. Um, and when she's talking about what I honestly thought was really interesting was her talking about how she thinks it happened, the way that she put the pieces together about her experience. As we've talked about, Mm -hmm. Kim fucking loves figuring stuff out. She loves being a detective. And I think it's very much like within her personality to start putting together that narrative. I'm assuming she's incorporating information from the police as well. But the story she tells is about being followed this entire trip that her and her mom and her sisters are just loving um, and how they were probably following her social media and seeing that everyone left and she was alone right yeah i mean she showed she before even during the fitting she's like snapchatting she's and and they show her snapchatting the it wasn't olivier it was a different designer but yeah you know he was like she was like can i be silly with you on snapchat right now and he's like oh yeah sure you know showing this giving us like not a foreshadowing but just showing us like yeah this is this is truly how comfortable they all were feeling within the days before this event mm-hmm. happened that changed their lives. And, you know, Kim still uses Snapchat and she still shares things, but her location is never, you never know where she is now. Before, like, the time she was at the playground with Kanye, it was like, I couldn't believe that they even, <laughs> that she even Snapchatted that. Oh, absolutely. That was kind right. of unbelievable. No more geotags, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was fascinating. I mean, she there's a point in her like confessional scene where she's wearing that like track jacket with like the purple stripes and she's like what I think she 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 catches herself and she that to me seems her naturally speaking and not saying something that's been written down that she's practiced saying a million times because she catches herself a couple times and like and corrects herself mm-hmm. and she's like what I think happened after piecing this together was xyz and again i think it's very smart of her to, to put that in there to include those that footage because that's her saying look i know that there were a lot of rumors about what happened this is purely my interpretation of what mm-hmm. happened to me based on facts evidence uh you know mm-hmm. you know conversations with the police and also just some general sleuthing about my social media presence and my position as like one of the most famous people in the entire world. Yeah. And that's, that's ultimately what's important to her as a person, not even as Kim Kardashian, the celebrity, like that's what matters as she's kind of figuring out how to move forward. But that's also what matters to us as fans of hers. So I think the decision not to interview someone from the Paris police, not to include police reports or that kind of information, I think was really smart. It felt so intimate and so personal, especially when she was talking about kind of in that moment what she was thinking was going to happen to her and like her imagining like Courtney finding her dead body. Mm-hmm. I cried at the end. That's I was crying at the I end. I did too. I did too. Okay. Because at first I had put, I had put off watching this episode because I was like, oh, like, I don't know if I'm ready to like exactly sort of relive this experience and and from and i'm so distant from it i didn't actually experience it but i was like am i ready am i ready to finally like dive in and yeah when she said the only thing that i could think was like i pray courtney has a normal life after witnessing my dead body my like dead body on this bed 
I just that like I that was what made it very very real I think mm-hmm. and I yeah I was like I felt like it was very emotional and I, it was very tense mm-hmm. for me but definitely at the end like the last few minutes I did cry because I was like this is so horrific mm-hmm. and she said that she mentally prepared herself to be first raped and then mm-hmm. when she was walking away she was like they're gonna shoot me either in the back or they're gonna shoot me you know if i can't get out from the elevator exactly and, and she was thinking about you know she's her kids trapped. and her mom mm-hmm. and like her whole family was there i mean i that's just such a traumatic experience and i think there was the sense that like she's fine like she'll recover and like yeah like physically she was fine financially she's not devastated by what happened but to think of anyone having to kind of weigh the consequences of their family finding their dead body like that's just i i can't even imagine i know it's horrific and it's you know for anyone regardless of who they are i was thinking like i can't i don't want to imagine what that experience is like and i don't want anyone to ever experience what she experienced and it is scary and i mean we got a little bit of a teaser i guess for the next few episodes of chris saying you know i hope that you get the help that you need because you are going to be you know if you're experiencing flashbacks of what happened it's going to be devastating for you Mm -hmm for your mental health and I want you to talk to someone and I want you to be okay and like all this stuff and get some like, you know, professional help, Absolutely, which is such a, that's true. Like she absolutely should. And I hope that she is, see, I'm sure she is like, that's, mm-hmm. I'm sure like the day after it was like, we're going to assign someone to, you know, do these sorts of psych evaluations on her or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I can also see Kim as being someone who maybe is like, no, I'll be okay. Like, I've already been through so much with my family. And even I was thinking about Chris um, when she got the – she said that yes. she got the phone mm-hmm. call. And I'm thinking about Chris and I'm like, okay, this woman – say what you will. But this woman has experienced a lot of tragedy in her life. It's it's weird. I mean, her best friend was murdered. Yes. Um, her husband died of cancer um, after, you know, she has all these kids. Her daughter was robbed at gunpoint, could have been raped and murdered. Mm-hmm. She's, on top of all of this, their rise to fame has been pretty steady for the last 20 years. And she's been the mastermind behind all of it. I know that she had to have been feeling some sort of like, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Because this is my family and I'm sort of like, you know, kickstarted this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I just was like, that's – and Chris is a good – mother like you know she's always there for her kids and i really do think that as a family they all care about each other yeah absolutely Um, so i was thinking even about chris i was like jesus christ this woman in her what 62 how however old she is yeah i'm like she's experienced a lot of shit yeah you know and to be so far away from from kim when that happened Mm -hmm. and then have to get on a plane and wait eight hours until she arrived in paris like and even Kendall, you know, at the club with Jen Atkin, my favorite person. Um, oh, my God. I know the Jen Atkin cameo. <laughs> the, Jen At- the Jen Atkin cameo. Ugh, Joan Smalls also Atkin. has a cameo. Yes. It was a cameo-filled episode. It, it really was. Um, the Jen Atkin cameo was great. Um, 
But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even Kendall being like, well, the reason they're here is because of me, because they're here to see me mm-hmm. walk and to show up at my show. You know, it, it, Kendall saying that she bodied people on the way out the club. Oh, my also, God, I know. I was like, okay, <laughs> specific language that you're using is funny. Um, but I can only – I can't even imagine how terrifying and, and scary that must be mm-hmm. to to even be – one you know a member of the family or a friend right and i mean as they pointed out like any of them could have walked in while the robbery was going on as which could have made things a lot worse yeah and as we know like simone was there and she i think made the right call you know staying hidden so she could call kendall and call pascal um but the fact is like as much as and connie was talking about how based on age it seems like these were career criminals we kind of have that confirmed now versus you know quote-unquote kids making a mistake or whatever connie was saying like there was there was like kind of a sloppiness to the way that this was executed that i think makes it more scary in some ways do you get what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah because if they hadn't been so sloppy I really do think they would have murdered Kim Kardashian or at least raped her. And we've talked about this before about like, this is a woman who has the celebrity status that she has because of her sex appeal Mm -hmm. and because of her relationship to her own sexuality and like, you know... I don't know, male fantasies of women as sexual objects. And so it's just, like, really scary and sad and ironic that she's in this position. And she knew. She was like, oh, I'm going – she immediately was like, I'm going to be raped. Yeah, and I think that's – That's going to be a consequence that I will experience. Yeah, and I think that's such a, like, somewhat common phenomenon among women is just, like, waiting – in a sense like anticipating an assault like whether it's because Mm -hmm. you're with someone who you don't trust whether it's because there's someone like creepy walking down the same street as you late at night i think everyone has had that thought like okay this is when it's gonna happen to me right not if but when exactly it's always like for so many women it's always like when is it going to happen when is it going to happen i hope never for anyone ever yeah but but also like yeah, so I understood what Kim meant by that. And like you were saying, this sort of sloppiness on the part of the criminals does make it even scarier because, like, I mean, imagine if Kendall had walked in, or Jen, or yeah. anyone had walked or in, if or the, Courtney if the had walked in Or if the kids had come to Paris Fashion Week this week, or, you know. Right, or, you know, there are so many ifs and so many ways that the burglary could have been even worse like Mm -hmm. i mean i really do think that physical assault because i don't know it's just it's just the timing of it is really scary and that's why kim says they must have been following us Mm -hmm. on social media the whole time that's the only way that they would have been able to to sort of execute this plan they must have known that pascal was out because they follow on instagram and they saw pascal tagged out with with Kendall Mm -hmm. the lights are on we're on the first floor the concierge can't really do anything especially when people come in dressed as police right and I thought I can imagine the confusion and her mentioning like then when the real police came I was very scared because I didn't know 
who to trust and i knew that they were police but they were wearing the same uniform but they just weren't wearing masks so i wasn't sure like after you just experienced a traumatic event i'm sure that would be terrifying and it's all in another country there's different languages you don't speak yeah and so she i mean she couldn't communicate directly with the people who were burglarizing her and she was trying to communicate through the concierge she has no assurance that what she's saying what she's asking what she's communicating is really being passed on to them and they can't really communicate with her um which i think absolutely like heightened that experience for her Mm -hmm. yeah so her and her talking about it with it's it's also really interesting to look at her on the couch with you know courtney and chloe recounting the whole experience whatever after rob facetimes Mm -hmm. it's like they're like okay this is like the og kardashians this is their this is their space and their moment and their time Mm -hmm. we're not going to include the gender i mean they're still siblings but it's like they're like no this is some kardashian shit Mm -hmm. um that versus her in the confessional clearly at least way later after the episode's already been filmed to sort of Mm -hmm. talk about what she experienced just her look in both of those like on the couch she's got no makeup you know very understated look it's just her and and then she's clearly you know bronzed and made up and whatever for this confessional and again that just i it's just so clear to me how much control she has over her image because duh of course she's going to put you know, you know, put those different versions of herself telling the mm-hmm. same story, one to her family and one to the rest of us, like side by side. It's because she has so much control over herself, I guess, right, her image right. anyway. Right. And looking at kind of the outfits that we saw and using that to kind of track the passage of time, um, as so many people do when they watch these episodes, you can see you can kind of mark the days leading up to the robbery. You can mark the day after when she arrives in New York. And it's interesting because that moment in her house, we don't really have any photos to cross-reference with to get a sense of time. It's very much presented as if it's directly after, as if it's like following that same series of events. But I have to imagine that it comes much later again because she's exerting that control you were talking about over this narrative which is again so smart but they do manage to make it feel very organic and intimate and authentic at the same time yeah i mean i never once watching this episode felt like i was watching anyone lie about anything or stretch the truth Mm -hmm. or and it never felt None of it felt scripted. Yeah. And, you know, we know at this point when you're watching reality TV, most of it is. Even watching them, mm-hmm. their actors, whatever, to some degree. But this episode, none of it felt – it all felt very raw and organic and real. Mm-hmm. None of it felt it, – it just felt like, okay, go. Say what you need to say. We'll cut it up later. Mm-hmm. But we're not – I don't think anyone told Kim – what to say i don't think anyone told you know kendall what to say we kylie was noticeably i did notice that and the last one yeah and i think they're waiting to probably bring in some more tyga drama always jesus waiting for kylie with her blonde hair (sighs) 
<sighs> All right. I mean, I'll accept it when it happens. Um, something else <laughs> that I thought was interesting, though, was the inclusion of Pascal throughout the episode. He doesn't, you know, do mm-hmm. a Talking Heads appearance or anything, but they're talking about Pascal and they're noting his presence in the footage. Um, and they've never really done that before. In past times, we've seen them call out to Pascal, um, kind of when they're out and about. But there was definitely, I think, this sense that, like, they were not blaming Pascal, but they were explaining kind of his role. They were talking about mm-hmm. um, that guy who tried to kiss Kim's ass on the street in mm-hmm, Paris mm-hmm. and Pascal taking him down. Um, and I think it felt important because it was very apparent that Pascal was good at his job but that they needed more. Right. And I think, and you know, he doesn't work for them anymore. So that was something that I was thinking about too. Just like, yeah, they had to mention, I think the reason that they included Pascal, because obviously he's a part of the narrative too, but I really think that they included these Pascal mentions throughout to say to the people who don't know, to the people the people who maybe don't even believe that Kim was telling the truth, like, listen, we take our security very seriously. So for this to still happen exactly. on top of us already employing this, like, 300-pound man or whatever to, you know, take care of us and make sure that we stay safe, even in smaller incidents of assault. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's – I think it was a way to say – yeah, like we still did our best to keep ourselves safe, mm-hmm. and this 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 still happened, and we are victims, and we shouldn't be blamed exactly for you know something that was completely out of our control. Yeah, I think that's the narrative that they were trying to yeah, and I think get across. it was important that they showed how kind of unbothered Kim felt after that guy tried to grab her, and that I think was in part mm-hmm. because. She is a much more poised person at this point in her life, and she, I think, understands that, in a sense, she belongs to the world, and this is kind of, like, part and parcel with her vocation. But I think it's also important that she felt comfortable because of Pascal, because they had someone capable. They felt like they had adequate security for the already crazy things that are happening to them. Yeah, exactly. And I think... That's that because I remember when that happened and I was like, oh, great. Another it's the same guy who tried to grab. She was like, yeah, it is the same guy who tried to grab. You know, that whole week I was like, God, what is going on? And then the robbery happens and I'm like, wow, this is that but to an extreme. Mm -hmm. And this is very scary. And everyone who was making jokes about this a week ago should feel really sad and sorry Mm -hmm. and upset because of the fact that women, regardless of what they do for a living, whether they're models or you know, sex objects or whatever you want to call them are still human beings and, like, assault is just not okay. Exactly. So, I don't know. It was it was fascinating. But that was part of, yeah, I think that was part of them trying to say that, like, listen, we take our security very seriously. And Kim even said, she was like, you know, we don't have people standing outside our doors, but now we are going to have to. I mean, yeah, they're going to have to... It's like some royal family shit. Mm-hmm. It's like they're going to have to have secret service level type of security yeah. at all times now for the rest of their yeah. lives, probably. And when Kim was arriving um, at the apartment in New York, you could hear Kanye on the phone with Pascal explaining 
how he wanted to keep Kim safe and you could see them pushing the barriers for the paparazzi back and trying to just create mm-hmm. like space for her I don't know it was a really interesting look into their marriage because like I said Kanye does not perform for the cameras on keeping up with the Kardashians um he's also very guarded in front of those cameras but I felt like mm-hmm. we were seeing more more of their relationship than we normally do even though it's still very much felt guarded in front of the cameras you know he said he would have killed um whoever was involved if they had hurt her in any way Mm -hmm. yeah i mean he said i wouldn't have stopped until they were dead and i i take him very i take his word absolutely i truly i truly believe that he would have done whatever he could have to make sure that that happened but yeah, I don't know. I, it did get very emotional when Kim starts to crack. When you see her, you know, having these clearly having these sorts of flashbacks mm-hmm. after talking about the experience. This is, yeah, you. It. I did start to get. It started to get very emotional and scary and upsetting. And I did. I did cry. And then they show, you know, part of that little documentary that video that Kanye made and it's got the Jeremiah song and like the kids and the whole family Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah this is sure it's manipulative because it's reality tv and they're manipulating our emotions as viewers but also it felt I don't know something about it felt really organic yeah it felt very emblematic of Kim's priorities and they never really talk about the things that were stolen from her. They do talk about the ring, which I think is important because it is a gift from Kanye. It's part of their marriage. It's part of that ceremony. But the robbery is so extraneous to the threat on her life and her well-being. Um, and she is just concerned about the well-being of her family in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think it is important that they're showing Chris reminding her, like, make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you get the help you need because you're not a martyr and you did experience a traumatic, you know, situation and event and you should be getting help. But but it's clear. I mean, the main thing that Kim kept saying that she said to the concierge to communicate to the robbers was tell them I have kids, like tell them I have a family. And so for someone to in such a you know scary moment to say like please just like whatever you do to me take whatever you want but like please don't hurt me because I have a family and because they need me and because I need them Mm -hmm. and I need them to have a normal life you know what I mean yes or normal quote-unquote normal life um I think that again proves my point that these people really do value family Mm -hmm. and tradition and ceremony and that's not without its own pro- set of problems, but I, I, if that's where Kim's mind was going in that moment, like that, I think that says a lot about how she feels about her kids and her role as a mother and a wife and a daughter and a sister. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's things. interesting because when the robbers came to the concierge, they asked for the rapper's wife. You know, she is in so many ways defined by those relationships and is was seemingly targeted because of that relationship and not even because of her own fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, she's clearly a symbol, but at that, I, I think that is a very, like, I think that is very, like, astute observation that she's defined by her relationships to others. She's defined by her relationship to her family, her relationship to Kanye, her relationship to her kids, her mother, 
um, her relationship to us because it's yes. about her as a famous person and us as fans or viewers or consumers of her product, which is herself and her brand. She is completely defined by her. She's completely defined by how she relates to other people and how other people relate to her. Mm-hmm. And especially people who are in those traditional roles of yes. you know, family members. And that's something that's very important to her. I think I'm sure even ever. And I think that's something that like ever since they were young, family, tradition, ceremony, those have been, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure Robert Kardashian Sr. was like, no, like we are traditional. Sure, they were, you know, upper middle class or whatever. Mm-hmm. Social, social status you want to say socioeconomic status you want to say they were in but I think that's a, it's it's just it's weird because people always want to talk about how they don't have any values or morals and I I really see them as being people who have highly moralistic views I completely of the agree world. I mean that's why they had such an issue with Caitlyn transitioning yeah. you know what I mean they, that's why they went to see the shack <gasps> That's why they went to go see the shack. They hold the rest of the world and themselves to like a very, a kind of strict moral yeah, code, very traditional moral code. Very like Judeo-Christian, really Christian, mm-hmm. not very Judeo at all. Um, no, I mean, Courtney was talking about going to church and Jonathan was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm Jewish. And it's like, girl, your kids are half Jewish and you still don't know how to... You still can't have a conversation about Judaism, Judaism, no. and Christ- like what? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree. They, it's it's fascinating. How do people not see this? I I'm not trying to convince anyone, but like, I don't no, know. I completely agree. I think they're, like, they're worthy of so much more than a surface level reading. No, absolutely, absolutely, and I think like they are very emblematic of like quote-unquote traditional family values but at the same time they're absolutely playing with female sexuality and like kind of a female like economic empowerment that's very unique to upper middle class white women it's Mm -hmm. is it that interesting i don't know but it gets it's twisted because it's women with their you know momager uh, taking control of that image and capitalizing on it and I mean, we talk about this shit all the time. I know, and it's so... It is just so strongly American. It really is. This is what... This is... You know what I mean? Like, this is what we get. This is what hundreds of... Er, this is a young country. This is what... I don't know. Two centuries. Nearly 300... Yeah. You know, a couple centuries worth of western capitalist exactly patriarchal uh what other buzzwords what other theory speak can i just toss out there can i mention hegemony i don't know this is what happens in like the span this span of time when your values as a society are money 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 yeah money sex and power like what (laughs) this is like so why are people that's why you can't get – I don't know. You can't be dismissive of this. Like, that's – Yeah. And, like, I see such a strong, clear thread linking them back to, like – Absolutely. Oh, my Everything. <laughs> I don't know. And, obviously, like, there are tons of critiques for capitalism. I could talk about this all day. But – Yeah, they, of course. They are so – such capitalists. 
Um, there yeah, was, like, they are. So is Beyonce. So is Jay-Z. I mean, like, you know, and they are, they should be criticized for it. Mm-hmm. And they should be, you know, should they be vilified? I don't think so. Should they be criticized? Absolutely. Exactly. But taking it all back, like, you know, Kim being defined by her relationships, going back to that, I think that her awareness of that really helps me understand her decision to continue to be so public and so accessible to her fans. Mm -hmm. Obviously, changes have been made, and I think moving forward, they are going to try to keep her and her family much, much safer. Um... But I, it's just, it's the mechanism of her fame. And as much as they have changed over the last 20 years and their status and the way that they kind of craft their image has changed, I think that that is constant. And I think Kim is very aware of how difficult it would be to break out of that model of fame. Yeah. And then she's not gonna, she's not, (sighs) she... She needs her fans, you know, mm-hmm. like she knows that, like, yeah, she's still so likable. She is such a likable person. She's funny. She's personable. I don't know how she does it. It's crazy. It's a lot of media training. It's a lot. And it's like, you have a huge team of people making sure this, you know, producing you all the time, mm-hmm. but God, celebrity fame is is sociopathic it it really is but i mean fucking scary the fact that she in the aftermath she took the time that she needed so she could come back looking so poised and so composed while still seeming again to create these like authentic organic intimate experiences with her fans like that that's such a smart decision and it it i think tells us that as fans as much as she can create that feeling of authenticity and intimacy, she's closed off so much of herself. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. Yeah, and she obviously is acting in her own self-interest when she does this. It's narcissistic, whatever. But, yeah, she's, like, <laughs> sacrificing weird parts of herself for this. To be an icon, I don't know why anyone would do this i truly don't know why any why mm-hmm. anyone would would continue to do this i would break so f- oh, so fucking yeah. easily i can't be famous because someone will say one wrong one mean thing about me there'll be one comment on the oh and i'll be like well i, I quit <laughs> goodbye i'm done today <laughs> like, i i'm done today and forever <laughs> i couldn't do it no i agree i agree but it's also it's also interesting that they wouldn't her and her team wouldn't choose vulnerability as the the redemption mechanism Mm -hmm. that it would instead be poise and i think vulnerability could feel cathartic it could feel very enticing as a way to kind of recraft her public image but this feels like a very like sustainable choice and it feels like Mm -hmm. a choice that is going to continue to ground her brand moving forward I agree. I also think that maybe vulnerability might infantilize her. I agree. And she has never really... She's not... She... I'm thinking back and her image does not depend on her 
being infantilized. Mm-mm. She That's something that she really... I think, I'm pretty sure even as a child, as a teenager, she was like, I'm a woman. Yes. I'm not a girl. Yes. I'm a fully grown woman. And that's part of her brand. And I think if the vulnerability would allow us to see her as a little girl in some way, and then that's, you know, potentially mm-hmm. exploitative, whatever. Yes. And I agree, you know, after, what, so after she spends a couple years being, you know, vulnerable and sad, how could she come back from that? Yes. I think that's why this is smart to say, like, no, we're just going to go with poise. Mm -hmm. We're not going to pretend like nothing happened. We're going to slowly ease back into Mm -hmm. it, but we will stick with this Mm -hmm. because we know that it works. We know that it keeps her, it keeps her in power. Yes. If she's vulnerable, she has no power. Mm -hmm. Or I think that's maybe how they see it. And so... Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting choice. Yeah, because I think vulnerability as a narrative relies a lot on the um, kind of just like the sympathies of others. And I was thinking about this the other day. As much as I think Kim's first priority is to be known rather than liked, I think that she's very aware of... It's not negative press surrounding her because we've talked about how inoffensive her presence is and her brand is but i think she mm-hmm. absolutely knows that she is vilified because she's famous for doing nothing because she's a reality tv star um and i think she knows that the vulnerability narrative would not work for her the way it has worked for taylor swift in the past mm-hmm. absolutely it wouldn't work i mean even someone like anna nicole smith that works yeah you know and we love, I loved Anna Nicole. Absolutely. She was, ugh. There was a great piece her. on her in BuzzFeed, and Helen Peterson does it again. Ugh, icon, truly. I think her book is coming out soon. I can't wait. I can't wait to get oh, it. Oh, yes. I don't know about everyone else. This is like, I don't even know this woman. I've never met her. And I'm plugging her book because I haven't even read it. But every time I read anything else that she writes about celebrity culture, I'm like, so good. Someone has their finger on the pulse. Okay. <laughs> so someone knows what's up. Yeah. We love her. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, interesting episode. I, I really. I want to know what happens next. I do think, like you said, they're gonna more they're gonna explore the darker side of fame. Mm-hmm. We've got Kendall talking about her stalker, Kylie's break in. I don't know if you peeped uh, on the next episode, like uh, preview a little bit. Yeah, we've got uh, Chris on the phone with Corey Gamble, and she's got a couple little emojis <laughs> for him. It's the anchor and the lock and key. Oh my god. <laughs> It's cute, but it's also like, wow, like this woman really knows exactly. Yeah, he is locked down. She has locked him down. I love his complete lack of screen presence. Yeah, no, it's it's a little refreshing at times. Yeah, no, I think they're they're a good fit for that reason. Mm-hmm. He has no idea how to behave in front of a camera. It's kind of, it's cute. Yeah, I wonder if he and Kanye ever talk about that. Maybe not. I don't think Kanye speaks to anyone <laughs> besides Kim. I mean, maybe, maybe Courtney now and then, but yeah, it's yeah. always striking how distant the sisters seem from Kanye. Whereas, like, yeah, like whenever they have a conversation, it seems like they haven't seen him in like a year, <laughs> <laughs> which can't be the case. They see him all the time. Yeah, but, but it's such a stark contrast from like scott who was texting kim and chloe in the first episode when he wasn't with courtney like 
Mm-hmm. I don't it's it's a very interesting relationship. Again, I love Kim and Kanye's relationship and I think the complete lack of emotional intimacy is aspirational, but it's really <laughs> strange to see it play out. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. In such an emotionally it's intimate family. So weird. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like this whole family is so emotional. Chloe, are you kidding? Oh my god. Emotions all over the place. I was and then you get like to Kim and Kanye and it's like where's the <laughs> I was impressed hmm. that Chloe didn't cry during this episode. The yeah. the big crier was, as always, Chris Jenner. Always. Chris Jenner takes the cake. Kim embracing her kids, putting on like a very convincing happy face for her kids. Chris Jenner just crying in the background. <laughs> crying in the background, crying in the confessional and saying, I can't talk about this anymore. Uh, I mean, again, like her. I feel her pain, but that I knew that that was going to happen. There would be a moment where Kim was like, I'm not going to cry. I can't cry. And Chris would just cry in her place. 10%, baby. <laughs> All Anyway, I mean, yeah, I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, we didn't do... I'm looking forward to see what they do. Wait, what did we not talk we about? We didn't do power rankings, but that feels oh. inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... Mm, I feel like maybe not. There's... No. I'm at the end of this episode they're all on like an equal play. They're but equal play. As field. as we said, like this episode was all about Kim's creative and editorial control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for True. her image, for this narrative, for this episode, like she's in control. She is. And I think, you know, I'm I'm fascinated to see how they how they have recorded her her slow comeback yeah in this season what i'm really picturing is we're gonna go deeper into the really the somewhat scary but low risk storylines of the possible break-in at kylie's house and kendall's stalker and that's where we'll get into kim talking about her experience but filtering it through Mm -hmm. you know kendall and kylie and these close calls Mm -hmm. sure i think that makes sense i think that's smart Editing in this episode was great. Very well produced. Yeah. I'll be talking about this in 20 years at a conference. (laughs) (laughs) I love the 2010s. (laughs) Look out for us there. I can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for joining us. We know it's been a while since since you've heard us. And uh, as always, please let us know if you have any questions, concerns, feedback, you know, hit us up on the Twitter at the K Hole Podcast or our personals. You know, mine's at BRKMRN. It's my full name without the vowels. I don't know. Let us know what's up. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. You can also listen to me on Twin Peaks Peaks. Uh, we're gearing up to cover a couple of extraneous pieces of the Twin Peaks universe, gearing up for season three, which we're very excited about. Um,. That's all I got. Rate and review us on iTunes. We will be back um, as long as these these apps are airing. Yeah. We look forward to hearing your commentary. <laughs> anyway, this has been the K-Hole. Don't be fucking rude. <laughs>